0: You are Locked On Kings, your daily podcast on the Sacramento Kings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As the saying goes, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. But unfortunately, sometimes you miss a lot of the shots you do take. I took a shot on yesterday's podcast, calling my shot, guaranteeing a Sacramento Kings victory last night against the Dallas Mavericks. And today I come to you a pitiful, sorrowful show host, hoping to beg for your mercy. And get back on the right track. Hello, everybody. My name is Matt George. Welcome in to the Wednesday edition of the Locked On Kings podcast. It is Hump Day here in Sacramento. This is the Locked On Podcast Network. If you're unfamiliar with this podcast network, just know that if you're looking for a podcast network that doesn't just cover team specific topics on a daily basis, but also covers a wide range of NBA topics, a wide range of NFL topics with Locked On NFL, a wide range of MLB launching with the start of the MLB season, Locked On MLB, this Locked On Podcast. Podcast Network is the network for you. If you call yourself a Kings fan and have been looking for your Sacramento Kings podcast home and have yet to find one, let me hope that this is it. This is the one that you have finally found. I'd like to welcome you in uh, exclusively to the Locked On Kings podcast. This is your daily home, Monday through Friday. Updates, commentary, scores, takes, topics, highlights, we have it all uh, right here on the Locked On Kings podcast, and I promise you, you won't find much better than this podcast network. Again, my name is Matt George. I am a producer, a radio host, a writer, and reporter for Sports 1140 KHTK in Sacramento. That is the flagship radio's of the Sacramento Kings. I have the ultimate pleasure of being able to cover this team, work, uh, go to games, talk to interact with the players and the front office staff in the locker room. I get to work with Uh, former Sacramento Kings, guys like Doug Christie that works uh, at our radio station. I get to work with Grant Napier, the play-by-play radio or TV voice of the Kings, the play-by-play radio voice of the Kings, Gary Gerald. Get to work with him as well. Jason Ross, the former host of this podcast, is the program director of our station. He is also the color commentator for Sacramento Kings radio broadcasts, and I have the absolute privilege of being able to, uh, to learn and grow and work with the lot of them, and I hope that I can pass some of their knowledge and expertise that they've poured into me uh, onto this podcast and onto you guys. That being said, last night was a massive step backwards in that realm. I guaranteed, I called my shot, man. I said, there's no way the Sacramento Kings at home are going to lose to the Dallas Mavericks who have openly said that they are a tanking team. Uh, They are trying to lose as many games as possible. I did say on yesterday's podcast that right now, I think the Dallas Mavericks roster is a more talented roster. That being said, Talent doesn't matter when effort's not there. But for some reason, the effort was not questioned by Dallas last night. It was questioned by the Sacramento Kings. We're going to get into this entire game. We're going to break down uh, really the lack of Kings' effort. Uh, we're going to talk or listen to some sound, some post-game sound from both Dave Yeager and Willie Cauley-Stein. I was debating playing highlights from last night's game, but there really weren't too many highlights to speak of unless you want to hear the, uh, the realm of, of Dallas uh, Mavericks highlights, which I know you absolutely don't want. If you want that, go check out Locked on Dallas or Locked on the Mavericks, uh, that podcast over there. They will be able uh, to hook you up. But yes, indeed, I am a liar. I apologize. I called my shots. I said that there were three games out of these final eight that the Kings were guaranteed to win. That was last night against Dallas, that was against Phoenix, and against Memphis. Now, hopefully, I'll get 2 out of 3, which is good in baseball. 66% sucks in school, but in baseball, that's that's really good. You can go 2 out of 3, you're doing well. Uh, so let's just hope for that. That'll be a decent batting average. Uh, but, unfortunately, last night was wrong, and we will, again, get into all of the effort and all of the the breakdown of that one. But before we get to that... Uh, The the tough stuff to get out of the way, if you followed the game or if you tried to go to the game and once again found yourself turning the car around and heading home, it's because once again, there were protests outside of the Golden 1 Center that uh, barred the doors and did not allow fans to come in, the Sacramento Kings about 10 minutes to tip-off before tip-off. The game did start on time, which is a good thing, but about 10 minutes before tip-off or 15 minutes, something like that, uh, the Kings locked the doors, put out a statement saying that it's uh, just not safe to, to, for the entire environment to have uh, the doors open with the chance of the protesters outside to to get in and vice versa. So this one feels a little different, though, doesn't it? On Thursday, which is when the original po- uh, protest came out that shut down the Golden One Center against the Atlanta Hawks, that was different. That was a group that had marched—I believe they marched on the Capitol. Uh, they marched through and, sh- and shut down the freeways shortly for a short period of time. And then they recognized that, hey, there's a Kings game going on at the Golden One Center, and they, uh, they mar- worked their way out there. And in a peaceful, still uncomfortable, but peaceful manner— Uh, They blocked the doors and didn't allow fans to get in and ultimately got their message across. And that story was picked up by national news and they accomplished what they set out to do. They brought attention to their cause, to the death of Stephon Clark. Uh, But then last night, a different group, and I emphasize different because it's been confirmed that those who were protesting outside of the Golden 1 Center last night were not the same, or were not led by and organized by the same group uh, of of protesters that shut down the Golden 1 Center on Thursday. The Sacramento Kings, after that protest against the Atlanta Hawks game, uh, Vivek Ranadive took the floor, surrounded by his players and his staff, and he gave a very heartfelt statement and speech saying that he respects their, their right to free speech, that they need to come together and make sure tragedies like this don't take place. Uh, Just a quick, if you're not up to date and not familiar with what has been going on, I'll just give you the very, very simple version, and you can go and look it up and and do more research on your own time if you wish. Uh, Stephen Clark was a a young man, uh, I think 23 years old. He was allegedly breaking into cars, and the police were called, uh, they chased Stefan, even though there's a debate going on how much really was he running versus walking. They, they I guess, cornered him in the backyard of his grandmother, and he was holding a cell phone in his hand. The officers, the two officers that cornered him mistake, uh, mistook the cell phone for a gun, uh, fired 20 shots, and Stefan Clark was pronounced dead almost immediately. So that's the, that's the basis of the whole situation. Anyway, cut to Thursday. Great statement from Vivek Ranadive, unity being shown, and all, all of a sudden these protesters that shut down the Golden One Center and, and affected the bottom line of Vivek and the Sacramento Kings got Vivek and the Sacramento Kings as their biggest supporter. The biggest organization in the city of Sacramento, the Sacramento Kings, supported that cause and supported the right, their right to free speech and their right to protest and their call for change, which was fantastic. And then a new group of protesters show up under the same banner of justice for Stephen Clark, but by barring the doors and once again blocking and affecting the bottom line of your biggest supporter, suddenly it goes from, it goes from a call to action and call for change to a call for attention. And that's what that it felt like last night. It felt like a group of young men and women, or men and women—I don't know what the age range is—that recognized the power of last time there was a protest outside the Golden One Center, and and wanted a piece for it themselves. Now I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go out on on the air and and claim that their cause isn't justified or that they don't have the right reasons to be protesting. However, last night felt like a massive step backwards. Like I said, it was a different group uh, than last Thursday and uh, this group is a lot more confrontational. There a lot more uh, there's a lot more physical contact between them and members of the Sacramento Kings fan base. There's a lot of pushing and shoving. There's a lot more uh, hostile screaming and goading. There's a lot more video that came out. Uh, from friends of mine and colleagues and just people on Twitter that that captured everything happening outside. Carmichael Dave, who I work with at Sports1140KHDK, our morning show host, he was out there. His, his wife and kid were actually inside the arena. He could not get in to be able to enjoy the game with them, so he chose instead to stay outside and interact with Kings fans and try and record and capture most of what was going on. Uh, and he tweeted out and shared that he got into a conversation with a Kings fan that had two children that were unfortunately very frightened by the situation, but that wasn't the worst part. The worst part was that these fans were from Ireland, and they had traveled all the way, and this was the one Kings game that they were going to get to see. Diehard Kings fans, for the first time, coming to Sacramento to see the Kings play outside the Golden 1 Center, and they couldn't get in. I can't imagine like in the grand scheme of things, let's, let's put it into perspective. It's, it's a game versus a life. And I understand that. And Thursday, that's why I believe most people were able to get over it. I'm sure people were pissed off and upset. That they couldn't get into the game on Thursday, but ultimately they understood. Whereas last night, it didn't make any sense. I feel for those fans that traveled all the way here that are trying to to get into the game to pay that that paid money to those kids that were frightened that just wanted to see their their team play uh, before they had to go all the way back home thousands of miles away. It's it's just gross. It feels gross. It just doesn't make sense targeting the franchise that supports you and has shown a desire for drawing attention to the cause and and siding with you and you target them again it goes from it goes away from drawing attention to a good cause and it and it turns into drawing attention towards yourself and i think if that's what starts happening with these protests then They may never see the change they originally have called for. Jason Jones of the Sacramento Bee, he's the Sacramento Kings beat writer uh, for the Sacramento Bee. He released an article after the game containing quotes from different Sacramento Kings players. And you remember the the feel of the Kings after that original protest on Thursday. They were supporting it. They were behind it. They wanted to help out. This feel had a little bit different. This time it was they were concerned about their families that were outside. They were unable to get into the game. The safety of those families. And then, today, the Sacramento Kings released this statement. We are meeting with the mayor, law enforcement, and community leaders today and are committed to ensuring the safety and security of all fans on Thursday and future events. We will continue to provide updates as they become available. The Kings host the Indiana Pacers tomorrow. We will have to wait and see what kind of uh, group shows up, if a group shows up, and if the same uh Same thing happens, but it seems like the Sacramento Kings and maybe the Sacramento Police Department are going to be a little more prepared this time. But ultimately, all I can say is this. Thursday was the right way. Last night was not. And I hope that it's true that the group that originally organized the protests and had tried to do things the right way had nothing to do uh, with those who showed up last night. And I think it's a shame that those who showed up last night uh, used a banner and a name of a deceased young man to work their own personal gain and, and get themselves attention. I hope that's not the case, but it, it off it seems like it was. So the Sacramento Kings, they played last night once again in front of a tiny crowd of maybe 2,500 people. And I'm going to list out the quote-unquote possible excuses that the Kings have for losing to the Dallas Mavericks last night. Playing in front of a small crowd, worrying about the family, dealing with, once again, the protests outside, the concerns from that. Those are warranted excuses for maybe not being 100% dialed in. And I recognize that. That being said, their effort last night against the Dallas Mavericks was inexcusable. 103 to 97, the final score, Dallas wins. The two leading scores for the Sacramento Kings, Scalabissiere and Costa Kufos. Tells you all you need to know. The Sacramento Kings shot 40% from the field, 26% from three point range. But that wasn't the bad part. Offensively, they had a so so night, but they were still able to find themselves in the game at least towards the end. The two biggest problems that I have, number one, are defensive effort. Now, we know this has been a bad defensive team throughout the season, so that doesn't exactly surprise anybody. But what was clear and what was evident from the get-go last night was that the Sacramento Kings underestimated their opponents. And that is the biggest mistake that the Kings could possibly make. You are a bad team. The Kings are hopefully an up-and-coming team, but right now they are a bad team. They didn't tank last night. They just sucked. They're a bad team. And when you are a bad team, especially on your home floor, you don't have the luxury of being able to underestimate anybody who comes into those doors to play you. I don't care if it's a college team. It frustrates me and it frustrates Kings fans to no end when they see their team give a dismal effort. Now, it's one thing to just have an off night, and there were elements of just an off night last night. And yes, it's the final stretch of the season, and yes, you're not a playoff team. But we should never, ever be able, I should never, ever be able to turn on this microphone and question effort with this team. And that's how critical Dave Yeager was of this team after the game. He immediately went to effort. Why don't you hear it from him directly himself? Here's audio from Dave Yeager, head coach Dave Yeager after the game, uh, his thoughts on the Kings' effort uh, and how the night went ultimately overall.
1: Uh, tough night for us. We didn't play with enough force. Um, they played with a lot more force, physicality. Uh, we've, you know, settled for floaters and uh, fadeaways. And, and uh, when you do that against a team that's, uh, you know, they played really hard. Uh, they're physical. They're big. They're strong. Uh, got to the foul line. They kind of went through us and um, kind of went wherever they wanted to go. So uh, tough night for us, and uh, hats off to them.
2: Coach, another bizarre night in terms of the protests that were going on again outside uh, for the second time in three games. I'm not going to ask you about the protests specifically, but from talking to some of the players before the game started, uh, they were talking about how uh, weird it is to play in an environment like that where there's only a couple thousand fans and how difficult that is. How do you as a coach try and manage that? That is such an unusual thing to happen in this, in this type of an NBA setting. Yeah,
1: you know, I don't think it has anything to do with uh, if, you know, there's a big crowd or not. You know, our job is to play. Uh, the bigger issue is that we couldn't get friends and family members in. So your know, biggest concern before you play a game is that, is my family okay? And uh, if they're not able to get in or friends aren't able to get in, people that you care about uh, deeply, uh, you're wondering what's going on with them. And um, so it, it's, uh, it's not an excuse. Uh, we were awful. We played with no force and no physicality and no toughness whatsoever. Uh, except for Costa Cufas, who goes out there and just does his job and is a total pro, uh, gets 15 and seven in in the, in the first half. So, uh, you know, you, you got to be a pro and you got to step up. And you know, you know, guys on the on on their roster that are they're playing for contracts. In the future and uh, our young guys got to understand that you could play against uh, guys that are coming for you or for the next guy tomorrow night or the next guy after that they're trying to stay in the NBA and, and carve out a spot for themselves and um, nothing nothing is entitled to anybody.
0: Coach after watching the parts of your practice yesterday it looked like you had an energized look and how are you how do you get that to carry over into a game Cause it just, yeah, it's
1: really disappointing we played harder yesterday in practice.
0: Yeah, yeah coach uh, back to uh, Costa
1: he scored 15 of your first 29 points that he kind of tapered off after that. Were they doing something as far as defending him? Uh, Who's that? Uh, to, yeah, I didn't close. play him in the second half. Uh, reason for that? Yeah, I mean, this is the team you're going to see going forward in the future. Um, Willie, Scal, uh, young guys, Justin, Bogey, and, you know, to start next year, these guys are going to play major minutes. train wheels come right off next year, so you know we can talk about this stuff after the season. But um, those guys got to feel it, and uh, they're going to have to, you know, step up and uh, against teams like this or or other teams. And um, you know, there's going to be some 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 bumps. You know, we're going to take you know steps forward. We're going to take steps backward, but uh, you got to be ready to go, and you got to play with a certain amount of force and physicality.
0: I appreciate the call to action by Dave Yeager there at the end. Did you hear it? He said, the training wheels are coming off. This is the team going forward. These young guys, Scal, Willie, Bogdan, Frank Mason, De'Aaron Fox, Buddy Heald. That is the future of this team. That is the core going forward, at least right now. We'll see what the summer brings, but as of right now, the plan is to go ahead with that group. So for them to come out and not give 110% effort last night and to, quite frankly, underestimate a Dallas Mavericks team who, like I said, has a better, more talented veteran roster, it's its shameful. And yes, you can use the excuse of, man, we, ha- we were concerned about our families. Yes, we were worried about uh, not playing in front of a full house, and that's kind of a weird, uh, it's just weird to play in front of only 2,500 people. You can use those as excuses as to why you weren't 100% dialed in. But last night didn't even look like 50% dialed in for most of the game. Here's Willie Cauley-Stein, Sacramento Kings center. Here's what he had to say following the Kings' loss. It's
2: kind of another unusual environment in there. Just what it, we didn't talk to you after that first game uh, when there was the protesting going on. What did you just kind of make of that atmosphere? Uh, it was all right. I mean, 2,000 people instead of 25,000 people, um, but lower put them in a the lower bowl. You know, it's still same energy. Um, I mean, despite what's going on, we still got to, you know, do our jobs and um, come in here and hoop. How does it
0: affect you guys as players before the
2: game? Um, Just messes up your routine. That's about it. Um, You know, just prolongs everything. Coach was talking about even, you know, worried about family members, if they can get in the arena or not. I mean, do you have to just kind of block that out as you kind of go through things? I mean, when the ball is throwing up, that's when everything shuts off in in your mental Anyway, so anything before that, I mean, you're still messing around before. And, in know, t- in, in, in in like warm-ups, you're still doing shots that you don't do in a game. You, you know, you're still joking around with your teammates. So, like, anything prior to the ball game thrown up, you know, it's all, I mean, kind of, you're not really thinking about the game until the game gets started. Coach, pretty critical of the effort tonight from you guys. Um, what did you just kind of see overall? Um... You no, know, I think we just let them shoot open threes. Um, and after that, it just opened up everything because, you know, we worried about, you know, them shooting threes and then they get in the lane and they still shooting threes and then they back cutting and getting to the to the rim. So, I mean, it's, you know, if you, if you let a team start opening up threes on you, it's going to be hard. It's going to be a tough game.
0: On yesterday's podcast, we talked about the matchups, the comparison of the two young guards, rookie guards from this draft De'Aaron Fox, who's, Ultimately taken above Dennis Smith Jr. of the Dallas Mavericks. Well, but in last night's matchup between the two, as have we've seen most of this season, the Dennis Smith Jr. got the better of De'Aaron at least. in in the stat column, 19 points for Dennis Smith Jr., six assists, five turnovers, which is a concern, but when you're a scoring-first aggressive guard like Dennis Smith Jr. is, assists, or I mean, sorry, turnovers are going to happen, whereas De'Aaron Fox, what you can appreciate is he does a good job taking care of the basketball, struggled with his shot last night, only five points, did get six assists, so again, his distribution is consistently improving, only one turnover, which is good, but Dennis Smith Jr., again, got the better of De'Aaron Fox last night and like I said in yesterday's podcast and like everybody believes as of right now Dennis Smith Jr. is a better player he's the more NBA ready guard but the advantage I give De'Aaron Fox going forward is that Dennis Smith Jr. is always going to be a scoring first Russell Westbrook type guard and he can turn that into a a all-star Hall of Fame career if he wants but De'Aaron Fox is the more gifted in my opinion at getting looks for his offense Uh, creating offense, and running the offense, which is eventually what you're going to want him to do. So we'll see if he's able to uh, continue to develop and build off of that part of the game. If De'Aaron could also add an outside shot, which I'm sure he's going to work on this summer, uh, he could be a very, very lethal scorer as well. But Dennis Smith Jr. got the better of De'Aaron Fox last night. I think we all expected that. And it'll definitely be fun watching these two go forward. If Dennis Smith Jr. is the building block for Dallas, they they have a good piece. They have a good piece. If they can surround him with the right kind of talent, uh, they could they could easily get a core together to get themselves back into a uh, a playoff conversation. There, I know they're uh, they're looking to this draft to potentially meet those needs and try and find a short term fix right away. We'll just have to wait and see what they do. Again, I, I teased it yesterday, and we're gonna as the end of the regular season approaches and as we go into the beginning starts uh, parts of the off season we're going to break down every single kings player on this roster and talk about our wish list items what we want them to approach and do and work on this summer what we would like to see them to see or what we would like to see them uh, improve on and coming into next season where we would like them to be in terms of how much improvement they showed for De'Aaron Fox maybe it's an outside shot for Buddy Healed. it's it's shooting off the dribble or or playing better defense for uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich is being more aggressive offensively for Willie Cauley-Stein. It's protecting the rim. Uh, These are things that we're going to break down, talk about in more detail. I'm going to get guests on. Charles will be back with me here very soon uh, as well on Locked on Kings. Uh, We're going to have a lot of good conversation for that coming up soon. If you want to be a part of the conversation, I encourage you, absolutely do it, at Matt George Khdk on Twitter. You can also email me, mgeorge at saclocalmedia.com. That's mgeorge at saclocalmedia.com. Do me a favor. If you have the chance, I would really, really appreciate it. It helps us out here on the Locked on Kings podcast and the Locked on Podcast Network. If you have the time, go on to iTunes. Log on to iTunes and go into the iTunes store. Look up the, Lo- or look up the Locked on Kings podcast and just leave a, li- a rating and review. It doesn't have to be a good one. It doesn't have to be fantastic. Hell, like you can even put, a, uh, put one star and say he lied to me. He said the Kings were going to beat the Dallas Mavericks last night. Uh, never trust him again in terms of sports betting. That's fair. I'll take that. But we love those ratings. It's how we get great feedback. It's uh, how we we learn and grow. If you want to suggest things uh, for the show going forward, ask questions, things like that, reaching out to me uh, on social media is a great way to do that. You can also put that in your ratings and your reviews as well. I promise you, we all look at them. We all are trying to grow uh, as this podcast network grows. Thank you so much for being a part of it. I hope to see you uh, tomorrow as we get ready for the Sacramento Kings and the indiana pacers and tomorrow's also opening day in baseball so baseball fans if you're excited about that i encourage you check out locked on mlb it's a good place to go it's a good podcast to have all season long for this 2018 mlb season until then my name is matt george thank you so much for listening to the locked on kings podcast we are part of the locked on podcast network
1: you are locked on kings your daily sacramento kings podcast
0: part of the locked on podcast network